Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, let's go from verse 17. And uh, very familiar, but we're going we're gonna to dissect it and get into it a little bit. Message entitled, Is There Not Cause? And Jesse said to his son, David, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain. By the way, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And if you need to be seated, you can, but we remain standing if we're able to. Otherwise, we stand up on the inside in honor of the word. Dried grain and these 10 loaves. Run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Verse 19, now Saul and they and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left his sheep with the keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the enemy was going out to fight, and shouting for the battle, verse 21. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up battle array, army against army, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then he talked with them. There was this champion. As he talked with them, there was this champion, the Philistine of Gath, Gath by name, Goliath by name, pardon me, coming out. I need to get my glasses. hate to do it. Oh, yes. It's like I got to fill with a spirit or something. It's just amazing. Does anybody know what that's like? Glasses are kind of new for me. And hey, man, I fought it for about 10 years and I'm, I'm now using them. All right, what verse are we on? Anybody know now that I can see? 23, 4, and 25. I'm not sure what you all said. Goliath by name coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same word. So David heard them, verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw him, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. That's not regularly scared, it's dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and give his daughter and give his father's house. Exemption from taxes in Israel. Wow, tax exempt. He'll get his own 501c3 for killing the giant. Then David spoke to the men who said, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? It's like he can't believe it. And take away the reproach from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should divide the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for him who kills the man. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom did you leave, left those few sheep in the wilderness? Pardon me. I know your pride and your insolence of heart, for you've come down to see or to watch the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Does anybody else have brothers? Anyway, is there, not, is there not cause? 
How many of you had some sibling relationships that had some things happen? All right. Is there not cause? Would you say that? Is there not cause? And he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. In other words, like, are you serious right now? All someone has to do is kill this and they get married, they get money and tax exemption. Seriously? That's what he says. That's what that means. Said the same thing. And the people answered him as the first one said, yep, that's right. Kill him. Get it all. Verse 31. When the words of David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go down and fight against the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine and fight with him, for you're a youth. Any youth in the house? You're a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came, he took the lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. When it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he's defied, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. All right. You ready? I'm going to let you sit down because I'm going to go to verse 50-something. So go ahead and sit. And Saul said to him, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 38, So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David, it almost sounded like a goat. Where was that? That was awesome. <laughs> All right, that was semi-offensive. You're awesome, whoever that was. Praise God. Okay, where are we? Jesus, help me. Where's Pastor Karen? Verse 40. Verse, no, verse. Okay, so he said, I can't walk in these. I've not tested them, so David took them off. Verse 40. He took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the book, and he put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and a, and a sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began to draw near to David, and the men who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. In other words, he hated him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So David said to the Philistine, you come at me with sword, with spear, and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, God of the armies of Israel, who you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. (laughs) Love it. That's right. He's prophesying. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save by sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was. Verse 48, we're almost done. When the Philistines arose and came, drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine 
David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and a sling and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. Yeah. And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed against a Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. Glory to God. Let's go to verse 51. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine with his sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head. Father, you're awesome. Move in great power tonight. Would you just lift your voice? Move in great power tonight. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there not cause? There is so much taking place in America and in the nations that are an abomination before the Lord. And the Lord is looking for a people. The Lord is looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. His eyes are searching throughout the earth, looking for someone whose heart is steadfast towards them, that he might strengthen them, that he might use them to drop the Goliaths of our culture, to move in great power and to put his anointing on them to accomplish his task. Many people are crippled by fear. Many people are looking at circumstances, situation, COVID-19, the Delta variant, on and on and on. And I'm going to tell you there's going to be an Alpha variant and there's going to be another kind of variant. There's going to be something else that comes. It's just that we're in the end times. We're in the end. And so God wants to empower us in a fresh new way. And is there not cause? What that means is, man, God is awesome. He'll set us all free. This is a lie. Is there not cause for the sake of the kingdom? So God wants to awaken you tonight as I preach this message to you. I would to God that you would write, O Lord, with your finger on the very tablets of our heart more than on paper, although paper also helps. Move in power right now. If you're going to be used in this generation, you have to change the way that you think. David was a man who, a young man at that. He's a young boy. He's a teenager. He's 17, approximately. And he goes to national prominence. He becomes a national hero. Moves to the White House after he kills Goliath. And it is utterly amazing. I want to tell you that no matter what age you are, God will extend his power, extend his anointing, put his hand upon you so that you could kill the Goliaths of your home, your family, your generation. He's looking for David and Davidettes. I think he's found some. David is such an awesome name. My parents were going to name me that, but they changed it and said, no, we're going to name him Daniel, which is God is my judge. Thanks. It's awesome. But I am a David type. I think there's a, whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of other David types. God wants to raise up a generation that's not scared, not afraid, not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. David thought differently. And you can see it in his responses as he comes. He's delivering pizza, bread and cheese, basically. Comes cheese delivery boy. Comes with one of those... What, the, Chicoutery things, whatever they are, it comes with a little. You ever seen that? What are they called? Charcuterie. It comes with a little charcuterie board for everybody. It's big. It's got ten cheeses on it. You know, selection. He brings that to everyone. But he comes down to the feed his brothers and be a blessing. 
And he's in, in shock because everybody's running for their lives. And he's like, why don't we just kill him? Why doesn't somebody just, hey, God's with, God's with us. Let's kill him. He thinks totally different. Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to change the way that you think. Romans 12 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to change the way that you think. Our old stinking thinking is not, our old stinking thinking will get us hiding under a rock. Listen, if you hadn't had to rebuke yourself this week, you ought to check yourself. Good Christians, mature believers, talk to themselves. You ought to tell yourself to shut up every so often. You know, when you need to. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Shut up. What do you mean? We're the army of the living God. Oh, the giant. Shut up. David thought differently. It could be that he knew his history. Could be he knew that God helped Abraham, helped Isaac, helped Jacob. It could be that he that he knew that, that he knew the history of, of Israel. God is the one that established Israel. God is the one that continues to protect Israel to this day. One of the reasons the enemy wants to destroy Israel is if you destroy Israel, then you've proven that there's no God. But let me just tell you something: it's impossible. You watch. Israel will not be able to be wiped off the planet. They couldn't exterminate them in World War II, and they won't be able to exterminate them now. And those who bless Israel, God will bless. Those who stand with Israel, God will stand with. May United States ever stand with Israel. So David asked, you know, what'll be done? He thinks different. He thinks differently. Think differently about the problem you're facing. How many of you, how many of you got a problem? How many of you got a, let's call it a challenge, all right, for those of you that are like spiritual. How many of you got a challenge? Okay, how many of you, that challenge is pretty, pretty, it's pretty serious. Okay. Whether it, whether it seems serious, I've found that some problems, challenges I have don't seem that serious, but when they're not dealt with, they become mountains. All challenges are opportunities for promotion. Every single Goliath you face is an opportunity for you to be promoted. If you'll just see things differently, see what you're in as an opportunity for God to elevate you. And that's what God will do for the man, for the woman, for the person, for the child, for the youth that thinks differently. Think differently. Think God's word. Renew your mind. Don't conform to, to the way the world thinks. Don't yield to fear. Have the fear of the Lord. He asks over and over and over, what's going to be done? He can't believe it. He's in shock. Seriously? And you actually get stuff for, for standing for the Lord? You, like, like, I get the girl, I get, I get the gold, and, and, and I get a 501c3? Tax exemption. I think he knew the battle belongs to the Lord, and he didn't learn that out of, out of just showing up from the, from the flannel graph. He didn't show up just out of green from church. He'd actually had some battles, and we're going to talk about that. See, some of you want to take on Goliath, but you didn't deal with that little peewee thing that you got right now. Let's just take the nation. You can't take your house. You can't. Hello. The giant, the giant, the giant's in your backyard right now of your own unbelief. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Amen. You can't tithe, then you're gonna go take the nation. La 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 la. His brother. 
His brother misjudges him. I, you know, I'm so blessed to have my brother Chris uh, here. God radically delivered my brother Chris. And, and, and one day you'll share your testimony here. Radical, radically delivered him through the power of the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night. And is it like, is it, I don't know how long, is it over a year now? <laughs> In April? In April on tax day. How about that? God wiped out your debt. He gave his life back to Christ. The power of God touched him, and uh, he shortly thereafter felt the call to get a trailer and move to Alaska. And and uh, look what look what God look what God did. It's like tax exempt. You got the girl, and he's blessing you financially. Come on, somebody. We're gonna call you David from now on. <laughs> hey, that's kind of funny right there. That's amazing, huh? A year ago this week. But there are times in families, and not just families, there are times when people look at us in a way that uh, is not according to the eyes of faith, that they look at you and they, they have prejudice or they misjudge you. And this is what happens with Eliab. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen. I have. I've had it happen many, many times. And what it is for me is I'm a zealot. I'm, a, I'm filled with, I just love God. I don't really care. And I try to care. I try to be gracious. try to be kind. And I'm working on that. I'm trying to mature. But I have a tendency to irritate people. Like, are you seriously that? Yeah, man. I was lost. I was broken. I was destitute. Jesus saved me. And, and you know, I got saved and I never got over it. I got baptized in the spirit. And, and I run around the church a lot of times, I don't do it now because I'd hurt someone here, but when we get that bigger building, I promise you, I'm going to do some laps. Some of y'all are going to do some laps with me. You got to be careful when you're wearing leather shoes. Mom, do you remember that? It's one of the funny stories I tell in ministry. I was, I was over on the far side of the church. I was in Maui. It was a large conference, 1,500 people there, all the guests up front next to Dr. Morocco. I, was a, a, I think I was a, a life group leader over a group of life groups. The power of God hit me, and when the power of God would hit me, I would run. I still run. Like I said, I, I quench the spirit a little bit. Uh, I, maybe I'll run here in a minute, but I, I, don't, I don't run because, like, I want somebody to see me run. I run when, my, when I can't worship the way my spirit wants to. I end up running, and that's just kind of what's happened since I got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost. So I would run, and I was with my wife on the far side, and the power of God hit me, and I took off, you know, not like thinking, not jogging, like, like lean in and go for it. Well, I was wearing shoes very similar to these. And uh, I just couldn't get traction the whole first 20 feet. So by the time I was in front of Dr. Morocco and his esteemed guest, I was on a 45-degree angle, and I piled up on the front. I'm, and I don't mean an average pile up, you know, 240 pounds of pile up and probably making noise, Ooh, you know. I skid on the carpet. I remember I got up and it hurt so bad. I was instantly in the flesh like, oh my God, what, what has happened? <laughs> so I was taught that you always finish your lap. Come on, everybody, finish your lap. So I, I was just like. <laughs> so I finished my lap. 
I'll never forget coming around. My hands hurt so bad. I knew people were staring at me. I was embarrassed, whatever. I'm, I, I, I get back to my seat, and I'm standing there, and I look at my palms, and they're blistered. The whole things are blistered from the carpet. It's a true story. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to run again. It's exactly right. I'm never going to run again. And the Lord said, yes, you will. Right after that, my beautiful mother, my beautiful mother comes up to me weeping and says, son, I'm so proud of you. I said, how come? I'm like, I've shamed the family name. <laughs> Pastor Pascal was standing there and he says, dude, that was awesome. He's our extreme sports guy. Extreme sports pastor who was, I think he ended up being seventh or 10th maybe in the world uh, in windsurfing, tremendous athlete. He says, bro, that was awesome. I was watching the whole thing. Way too much torque to the shoe. <laughs> so my mom, my mom says, son, I'm so proud of you. Hallelujah. I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? She says, you falling prostrate before the apostles. I was so blessed. I said, mom, I wasn't falling prostrate. I fell. I fell. So in my, in my exuberance, I have been criticized as being arrogant. I've been criticized as being somebody who's, you know, just constantly trying to climb the ladder of ministry, constantly trying to get attention. And the truth is that that's not the truth. And I got rebuked by somebody who I deeply esteem. Very high-level person in the organization back then. And they sat me down and said, I need to rebuke you. We sat on the front, like it would be like sitting here, sat me down, sat right here, right next to me at the end of the service and said, I've been watching you, I've been praying for you, and you are arrogant, you are filled with pride, and you really need deliverance. And it hurt so bad. It was like I just got stabbed so deeply, and I thought, man, I'm deceived then. And I said, well, pray for me. He prayed for me. I sat there weeping, and I felt like the Lord was saying, He's got you wrong. So I went to my pastor, and I said, um, this just happened, and I want to know if, I'm, if you see that because I think i am really got issues if that's the case. He hung his head, Dr. Morocco, and said, oh, no. Zeal and exuberance and passion like you have will always make people upset. Don't ever turn it down, not for anybody. And I thought, okay. And I wanted to go to the guy. <laughs> you got me wrong. I kept running. I've kept, I, come on, you want to stay on fire for God. Passion makes lukewarm. I'm not saying it was lukewarm. I'm just saying it was misjudged. He misjudged me. You be careful how you criticize someone's zeal, someone's passion, someone's prayer. Someone, you don't know what they've been through. I've had times where I ran to get out of what I was in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I have times where I would spin to get out, to get on my, I had to just worship with everything I had because if not, I was going to die. When we lost a child, that's not the time to hang your head and just wait. I mean, there is, you know, weeping for a night. But in the morning, you got to let joy come. And there's times where you have to pray yourself and sing yourself and worship your way into a breakthrough. And I've learned that. And I'm, and, and I'm going to continue to do it. Anybody else? And there will be people that look at you and be like, oh, you're just trying to get attention. Who, listen, who cares? 
There's only two or three people that like you anyway. You should just love God with all your heart. Let the chips fall where they may. And then there's been times where uh, they were, I was correctly rebuked and repented. Amen. But, but David is, he's uh, misjudged by his older brother. Who have you left those few sheep? What a jerk. This is verse 28. So, come down to watch. That's what he says. I know why you've come down here. You've come down to watch the battle. You come down just to see it. You're not going to do anything. Where are your stupid little sheep? Why don't you go home? What are you doing here? You know, you're going to take some shots. If you're going to try to bring the kingdom, is there cause? Yes, there is. There's lives that hang in the balance. In this particular case, David was chosen by God to bring Israel's breakthrough. A young guy. Untrained, militarily untrained, but full of the fire, full of zeal, full of faith. You're gonna take, you're gonna take the wood to the enemy. You're gonna have people that don't think you should. Why do you keep going to that church? And you got to go every night. Isn't church just on Sunday morning? My gosh, you're there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday, you go to transformations, you're there Wednesday night. That bald guy spraying spit everywhere. Why do, why, do you even, why do you even go there? You shouldn't go to that church. Ten <laughs> percent, huh? And you know, the people that are closest to us, the people that are closest to us hurt the most. I'm convinced we have to do it without honor so that we don't get a fat head when we do get on it. Well, I'll say it again then. I'm convinced you have to do it without honor in your own home amongst people who don't appreciate you that much, and I'm glad that's not the case for me. I'm not saying I got family here. You guys are awesome, amen. But many times we're not esteemed by our family, and they don't see the anointing, and they don't see the favor, and they don't see that. And I'm convinced that, that God will work all of that even for good. And if you can't learn to do it without honor, when you do get honor, you'll, you'll freak out and blow up. Everybody should be having your name in lights and accolades and give you a crown and bow down before you. Give me a break. Okay. You know what that reminds me of? Jesus riding in on the donkey. And every, everybody's waving palm branches and it's just like Hosanna in the highest. Can you imagine the donkey be like, Thank you very much. I'm just here for a couple nights. I'm coming in. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're just here. Hey, huh? Hey, right on. Awesome. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> We're not applauding you. You got Jesus on you. You're just a donkey. A sanctified, spirit-filled child of God donkey. But understand, God's the one that gets the glory. Can you say amen? His motives were, were misjudged. I've been sidetracked at times. Don't let the enemy sidetrack you. Keep your eye on the harvest. The other thing I I wanted to pull out of this text uh, that I alluded to earlier is verse 34. Look at verse 34. 
David said to Saul, your servant's been keeping his father's sheep. This is a new international version now. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it and struck it. His confidence wasn't based on some drummed-up exuberance and like 10 Red Bulls. I don't think they had Red Bull back then. They had the Red Heifer. It wasn't a bunch of energy drinks that produced the enthusiasm that he had. He realized God was with him when he saved the sheep. And many people try to, they try to not take care of the sheep. What I mean by that is taking care of your backyard, taking care of your marriage, taking care of your children, taking care of your schoolwork for all the students, being faithful, working under the Lord. I was praying uh, last yesterday. It took an hour and a half to put in my lawn because if you don't get it in by now, you're not going to have a lawn. In fact, it's past the guarantee date. I guess the guarantee for growing lawn is you got to get it in the ground by August 15th. So if you have no lawn now, then the dust will fly in the winter. So I'm a little bit late, but God's with me, and I'm going to pray it grows. Amen. So I'm there pushing a rake around, and I, I start... I'm not going to fulfill the, what I want to do. I set out a goal. I have about an hour and a half to do it, and i got to get back to work. So I'm, 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 I'm pushing this soil around, trying to grade, trying to get the rocks out, doing all this stuff, and I'm listening to the Word the whole time. And I think it was Colossians that says, do everything unto the Lord. And I realized, man, I can work harder right now. You could, you could work harder, Bracken. And I thought, in the name of Jesus, I stepped it up, and worked like I was getting paid triple time and my boss is standing there. And I realized that I was just casually, my casual thing was not gonna finish the lawn. Do you know God sees all these things? You're supposed to work on the Lord. And some of you, the giant that's before you, you haven't taken care of these other things. You'll build faith, the, the giant presently. It's not much of a giant, we've already defeated. We'll move in, it's our building. I was talking to someone uh, this past week and I thought 10 years ago, the, the weight of this thing might have killed me. I just, 10 years ago. Say, really, what, what, what was happening 10 years ago? I just, I don't know. I just, I just know I wasn't ready. How do you know? Because it didn't happen 10 years ago. How many of you know God will give you what you can handle? Amen. No temptation sees you except that which is common to man, and God will make a way of escape. And if you have a problem in front of you, then he will anoint you to take that thing down. And you have to be faithful in the little things, and he makes you ruler over much. And that's not just... That's not just here, it's, it's in the age to come. See, some of you forget, but let me remind you that this is a test. You're going through this place, it's an internship. In the end, you'll die, you'll go to heaven, and then you will rule and reign with him for a thousand years. And way, the way that you serve right now, the way that you push in your rake right now, the way that you're dealing with the lion and the bear, your marriage, your kids, your finances, the way that you're dealing with those things will, will release a reward to you or you will suffer loss. And I've preached on it recently. You must see what you're doing every day as important. If you can't deal with, with what's in front of you now, it's the best that you can, and we all need help. I'm so thankful for my staff. I'm so thankful for the team that's around me. There used to be this erroneous way of thinking that, oh, the leader has to know everything. Thank God that's not true. How many of you know that's not true? David didn't base his faith on some pie-in-the-sky internet hype that he got off in five Red Bulls. He based his faith 
on a confident assurance of God showing up and showing, yeah, Goliath is bigger than the, than the, Goliath is bigger than the lion. True. But he did help me kill the lion. If you ever kill a lion, how are you ever going to kill a Goliath? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's progressive increase of responsibility, and with that comes a progression and anointing. With that, and, oh, we could all get into the, the power of God and the anointing, which is what really made David different. What's made David different at this point is Samuel came and dumped a horn of oil over his head. He has God with him. That's the difference here. It's not just average fighting. Verse 38, look with me. He's talking to Saul, the chicken, man pleaser. Verse 38, Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put on a coat of armor on him, bronze helmet on his head, fastened his sword and tunic, walked around. He said, I can't use these because I've, I've not tested them, so he takes them off. Man, this was a revelation to me. I received a prophetic word years ago, and the prophet said to me, you are a David. Fight with the tools and the giftings and the weapons that he gave you. Don't try to put on anybody's. And as I look back over the years for me personally and my family, I can't tell you how, uh, how that has helped me. I tried to be, the, uh, not really, but I, there was pressure, probably just in my own mind, to be more seeker-friendly. I can't. So I tried. But it was so grievous to me, and I'm not good at it. I just, I just can't do it. I, I remember I was worshiping with all my heart. I think we had 30 people in the church when we first got here. And I felt like the whole church stared at me while I was worshiping. So I felt like I was on display. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look around and be like, Okay. Not, you know, not everybody, if you were here, don't be offended. If you haven't been offended here at Kings, it's coming soon. It's a test. Amen. It's not by design. It's not through a malicious heart. So I called Dr. Morocco. I said, Pastor, I can't, you know, when I'm, it's just so weird when I'm worshiping. It's like, I just can't worship. He said, why not? I said, I feel like everybody stares at me. He says, don't worry about it. I said, well, okay. He said, just be you, Dan. Just be you. And so I thought, well, okay. So I was me, and we lost 100 people. Amen. <laughs> it's kind of not exactly true. There's some other things that go with it. Listen, you're the most anointed you that there is. There, there's only one of you. Come on, look at your hands, your fingerprints, your eyes. You're a divine original. God broke the mold when he made you. Happy birthday. So you, you got to function in your own unction. Let me say that again. you got to function in your own unction. Administrative, administrative giftings, I have them, but, but others have way more. And when they were passing out administrative gifts, thank you, Lord. I wasn't in that line, hallelujah. And, and those that like organizing things, and you were like, yes! Like making lists, and thank God for all the lists, organization, cross the T, dot the I. We have great people like that. Not my gift. This is my gift. This is my gift to preach, pray, prophesy. And, and, and I'm not going to measure myself by anybody else. I'm going to measure it by what God's put in me. I'm going to deliver like the mail every day. So help me, God, with all that's within me, I endeavor to preach like a dying man to dying men. This could be the very last message I preach. 
This is not some joke. This is not some religious game we're playing. I want to teach you to take out your Goliath. Is there not cause? You've got to rise up in your God-given calling and anointing by the blood of Jesus and bring the wood, bring the kingdom, bring the power. Set the Oh, come on. Set the captives free. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about people misjudging you. Know your giftings and use them. He risked his life. Look at this. He runs at Goliath. He runs at Goliath. You know, there was a time, I have to go back and say, there was a time when David did use armor, but it wasn't here. And so you have to be open to getting new, new giftings, new anointings, new weaponry. I know how to pray through now more than I did years ago. My main weapon years ago was worship. I would just worship till the fire fell on me, and that would take care of everything. I've got some other tools in my uh, Swiss Army knife. It's one of those big fat, you see the big fat ones? Got like a jackhammer in there. <laughs> Be open to growing in your giftings. Because he did use armor later, but he didn't use it now. When he runs at the giant, it certainly is a picture of us not being afraid. not being intimidated. Spiritual warfare, I'll quote Dr. Morocco, the name of the game in spiritual warfare is intimidation. If you're intimidated, then you will lose. You cannot be intimidated by the task. Look at it, get filled with faith in your prayer closet, in your corporate prayer time. Run with other brothers and sisters that are full of fire too and charge that thing with everything you got. And I'm gonna tell you what'll happen. The stone will sink in the head of Goliath and it will drop. There is no, listen to me, there's no impossibilities in God, not one. With God, all things are possible to them that believe. Revelation 12, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and loved their lives not so much as to shrink from death. If you're, if you're afraid, if you're into self-preservation, you will never fulfill the dream that God has for you in its entirety. There are things that cost you everything. You know, our building project as we move forward, I told the Lord, I said, I said, you can have my house, I'll sell my house, I'll sow it. If you want me to sow my house, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want me to do because we need a move of God. And, and the building houses that. This is a Wednesday night. Go ahead, look around. It's approximately 400 people here on a Wednesday night in summer. I know it's kind of fall, but... Okay. The professionals told me that Wednesdays never work in Alaska. It's always encouraging to know that Noah never built a boat before because there was never a boat. So he was a, a novice, I guess you could say. I've found that everything that people say in church, world, and culture, generally speaking, generally, is wrong. But you can't do something. If they say you can't, that would mean probably it's God. That's what I've found. You know, the truth is, if you have faith for it, and God spoke to you, you have a word from the Lord, it matches up with, with Scripture, God gives you a word, you have faith for it, it does not matter 
how big it is. It will fall. I'm trying to teach you how to drop your giant. I'm tr- there's a cause. Is there not cause? The whole world needs an encounter with Jesus. I'm going to tell you how we're going to take over the United States of America. A revolution. Some of you guys are nervous right now. It's a revelation of who we are as a church, as God's people that causes a revolution. And I don't mean one with the weapons of this world. A revolution, an overthrowing of a Sodom and Gomorrah type culture and a bringing of the kingdom one family at a time, one town at a time, one state at a time, one after another after another. You say, well, that's going to take a long time. Actually, 12 people turned the known world upside down in less than a generation, so it could happen. Clearly, it could happen. We have more than 12 people, a little bit more here. All that has to happen is you have to get on fire for what God called you to do. Submit, serve, get a fresh anointing, think differently. Don't worry about people who don't like you. Who cares? There's an apostolic anointing on you both. It's going to continue to grow. God is going to continue to raise you up. He's going to give us a building in Eagle River. I don't know all that's going to happen. We're going to go to Brazil. Going to plant churches. Going to plant churches in other nations. You're a David. David, David Ed. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Goliath will fall. If you'll think differently. It's the anointing that made the difference in David's life. It's the anointing that will make the difference in yours. Don't be, don't be sidetracked by people's misjudgment of you. Don't care about what people think. It's not a popularity contest. People don't like you. They can go. You, you be nice. Amen. Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Be around people that'll celebrate you. Yeah, we said, well, the people that tolerate me and my family. I know, you got to do without honor, love them. And you'll win them over. You just win them. You win them over, you pray. You intercede. You bless them. You be Christ-like. Don't be arrogant. Don't be mean-spirited. You know what? God's anointing is on me. I'm a David. You don't understand any of it, so you're probably just going to hell, huh? Okay, yeah. I'm just going to call fire down. Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I love the fact that he called down fire. That's great faith. But you're not supposed to burn people. You're supposed to get them saved. They don't like me. Win them over. Operate in the opposite spirit. Live differently. Think differently. Pray. Pray for them. I told you stories. I had a counselor from Texas. I hated him. It's the little roper, his little roper boots, all this little stuff. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was irritating. He always had a he always had a twig in his mouth. He just was irritating. It's not you. It's a long time ago, and I'm more mature a little bit since then. He was one of my counselors years ago at a mandated discipleship center. And so, 
I've told this story, but I'm gonna tell it quickly once again. I went to go get him removed because they, the hillbilly couldn't understand one thing I was saying, and I, I certainly didn't like him or his little, you know, roper boots. I had issues. I, I needed healing. Don't look at me. Some of you still like that way. So I went, and I went to his superior, and I tried to get a new counselor. He said, okay. He brought the guy in. His name was David, as a matter of fact. He said, here's what we're going to do. For the next month, you're getting up at 5 in the morning. You're going out into a sugarcane field, and you guys are going to pray for an hour every morning for a whole month. I thought, what cruel and unusual torture is that? First day, nothing. Second day, nothing. By the end of that week, God's presence was falling on us. By the end of four weeks, we became great friends. God healed me and set me free for a month. The hatred of the Texas spirit. And my own arrogance. It was my own arrogance and stubbornness. Your family, you'll win over. You just, sometimes it takes decades. I understand. He's dealing with human hearts that have a free will. So don't, don't give in. Don't, don't cave in. Keep being kind. The love of God will always wear that down. And in the end, everyone, everyone in my family will come to go to heaven. Come on, say that. Everyone in my, come on, say it. Everyone in my family will go to heaven. Because you're going to be like Jesus to it. Is there not cause? Yes. Heaven and hell are on the line. God is providing opportunities for you to be promoted. Think differently. Be a David. Is there not cause? Oh, there it is. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.